0: Hey, ladies, welcome back to the Urban Christian Woman podcast. We are so excited to be jumping into our first episode of Sheroes of the Faith. And Leah, what's so good about this episode is that it's not one shero. Give us who we got coming down the pipeline today.
1: Sisters, sisters. Yes. (laughs) We got some sisters in the house, ladies. Today, we're going to be talking about the daughters of Zelophehad. And their story is found in Numbers 27, 1 through 11. So we're going to read that. We're going to really just like give you a overview and a recap of the narrative. And then we're just going to dig right in about what stands out, the themes, what we can glean from their lives. What we see as evident in the character of God through the stories, Mm -hmm. and then how we respond as modern day sheroes ourselves who are striving to emulate the sheroes of the past. So let's jump into Numbers 27.
0: Yeah. Numbers 27, verses 1 through 11. The daughters of Zelophehad approached. Zelophehad was the son of Hefer, son of Gilead, son of Makir, son of Manasseh, from the clans of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. These were the names of his daughters, Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milka, and Tersa. They stood before Moses, the priest, Eleazar, the leaders and the entire community at the entrance to the tent of meeting and said, our father died in the wilderness, but he was not among Korah's followers who gathered together against the Lord. Instead, he died because of his own sin and he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be taken away from his clan? Since he had no son, give us property among our father's brothers. Moses brought their case before the Lord and the Lord answered him, what Zelophehad's daughters say is correct. You are to give them hereditary property among their father's brothers and transfer their father's inheritance to them. Tell the Israelites, when a man dies without having a son, transfer his inheritance to his daughters. If he has no daughter, give his inheritance to his brothers. If he has no brothers, give his inheritance to his father's brothers." If his father has no brothers, give his inheritance to the nearest relative of his clan, and he will take possession of it. This is to be a statutory ordinance for the Israelites, as the Lord commanded Moses. Word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. So we're jumping into the story of the daughters of Zelophehad. And they, we say, are sheroes because of the faith. Uh, that they exhibited they had extraordinary faith to both believe and then to have a precedent set for promised inheritance mm-hmm. um they set a precedent to believe in a promised inheritance that had not yet been seen and so we're going to unpack that a lot here um with them but yeah she's give us a over to give us an overview of the recap? like the narrative, what did we just read? Give us, I mean, we kind of jumped in to a narrative. So why don't you give us some backstory? Yeah,
0: so we're jumping in to Numbers 27. And the background to this is that um, Israel is soon to go over into the promised land, right? And yet there is, um, as we know, the promise did not include those who were a part of Moses' generation. In chapter 26, it says right before we enter into chapter 27, that only Joshua and Caleb will go in um, to the promised land and enter. And the descendants of the children of um, the people who were with Moses will enter into the promised land because of the lack of their unbelief. So we find ourselves entering into that, and as we go into chapter twenty-seven, what is taking place is that there is a census. They, uh, Moses and uh, and Caleb and Joshua, all of these um, Israelites who are registered, um, who are being numbered. They are being um, taken account for so that they know who is going to be going into the promised land, ensuring that every tribe is there, the the people by name are there, and they know the number of people. And so we find ourselves entering into the narrative of uh, post-census, but also... We are now going into a area where they are going to identify and properly divide the land that they are about to inherit on the other side of Jericho. So we have these five daughters, Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milka, Terza. And what happens is, is that Because there is no son, um, according to Eastern culture, and particularly Israel, the inheritance was passed down to a son. And because there is no son, then their father's name is at risk. Yeah, they were at risk of not being being counted. Well, number one, not being known Mm -hmm. in the census and also not being counted. Right. As, as a part of his tribe, and you can go back into not just Numbers 26, but if you dig into that, it it names him in totality in 25 and in 26. And it sort of sets up the narrative of like these daughters and that he has no sons. And so this is a this is an issue that uh, had's inheritance will be lost. That his name will be lost, and we'll get into that. And so the daughters go and stand before Moses at the tent of meeting with Eleazar and with Eleazar, and they petition them for the inheritance. Moses takes their request before the Lord, and not only does the Lord grant them the land, but he sets. But these five sisters set a precedent for all of Israel regarding preserving a family's inheritance and particularly setting precedent that
1: women now have property rights. Right, exactly. They can inherit um, land. And I think this is super important for the context to remember that this group of folks were wandering through the wilderness for 40 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they left everything that they possessed essentially mm-hmm. in the land of Egypt mm-hmm. and had nothing. So it wasn't even like, hey, my father is going to die and leave us something that's going to be taken away. Mm-hmm. It was like we have journeyed this whole way and what has been promised to us on the other side about to not be promised to us. Yes. Because as women, we can't actually possess we can't the land not access inheritance. It. Yep. And that land was being divided up among all the people, among all the tribes, so that mm-hmm. they could settle in a place and populate there. Yes. So when it, when they're looking at what is about to not be given to them, mm-hmm. they're thinking, well, there won't be a memory of my father's name in this future land mm. because... We're going to have to get married and settle into someone else. And then mm-hmm. basically it's going to be swallowed up by, by their name and their story and their family rather than our
0: own. Yeah, which is, I'm glad that you sort of say that th- the name would be lost because uh, culturally speaking, of course, when a daughter covenants herself to a spouse then that means that she takes on the, the family name of someone else. Right. And so we even see that the Lord goes the extra distance to ensure um, in Numbers 36 that Zelophehad's name will not be lost. That's how much he cares about it, that even as these women are seeking to marry Um, he goes as far as to say, marry within your own clan Mm -hmm. so that your family name can be preserved and your inheritance remains remains within the tribe in Numbers 36. So talking about what stands out um, in the narrative, I mean, clearly we can say the embodiment of this narrative is the fact that these women are bold and courageous mm-hmm. to make a request mm-hmm. that is very visible, visible and sets precedent. Mm-hmm. Um, they risk their honor, right? Mm-hmm. To to take courage, you know. First of all, women were not going to the tent of meeting. Okay. Talk about it. Okay. Let's let's be very clear, okay. Women were not going to the tent of meeting. So they're risking their honor before the whole congregation, the priest to claim this inheritance. And they're choosing boldness. They're choosing humility. Mm -hmm. They're choosing courage. um, oh, uh, And they're choosing it out of faith, knowing, which Leah, you and I will talk about this a little bit more, but knowing the promise that is connected to this. Yeah. The, knowing that the promised inheritance that's connected to this, that they have not seen, is highly
1: mm. essential mm-hmm. towards their flourishing. Yeah, that it's very good. We could put it that way in the Bible terms. It is very good. It is very good. Which means it's good. good. Yes.
0: Yeah, so their faith is on display as they ask for this inheritance, for this land that they have never seen. Yeah. And so they're coming behind a generation who actually says you're going to perish for your lack yeah, of unbelief. They're coming behind a
1: generation who was disqualified is dis- for their unbelief. Yes,
0: which is setting up the rest of the the promised land inheritance. And I love the story of scripture mm-hmm. right because it's telling us it starting with some women, okay? In Numbers twenty-seven, it's, it's it's telling us there's a shift that's going to take place in the rest of Scripture because what is going to mark Israel is going to be faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is the the centrality of what is going to mark Israel is the faith and the promise that they have not yet seen, mm-hmm. and God uses five sisters. Mm-hmm. To accomplish this
1: narrative, yeah, right. They're coming in mm. in the midst of a narrative of again, like they are at the edge of the wilderness, getting ready to go with mm-hmm. Joshua to possess the land. And I want yes. to emphasize and just underline kind of what you said: this is an inheritance that they have not yet seen. They only yes. their eyes. Yes, yes, yes. In fact, nobody except for Joshua and Caleb have because yep. the other spies that went into the land they perished. They perished. Though they was that was given a a bad report <laughs> and um Joshua and Caleb so at this point are the only ones that have actually laid eyes on the promised mm-hmm, land mm-hmm. and I can't emphasize that enough because these women are literally going to petition for a portion of a promise that they have not yet mm-hmm. seen yes
0: yes yes and 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 let me tell you because these women have grown up, you know, the, the, the way the women in, uh, in the scriptures and the people of Israel did not have the word of God completed. OK, mm-hmm. so they have heard the story. Mm-hmm. They have heard the story. That is in Genesis 12, that the that the Lord said to Abraham in, Gen- in Genesis 12, go out from your land, your relatives and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Okay. And so this is the promise that these women are holding fast yeah, to.
1: Yeah. And they know that has been passed been down. Told and retold. Moses is there obviously with them, mm-hmm. um, who has who has been responsible for. The calling, the beckoning, the preserving, the shepherding, mm-hmm. the proclamation, and and so so you're right. This is something that they are familiar with.
0: They're familiar in
1: uh in a upbringing and an inheritance. They treasure this as their legacy, right? Yes. As their story, and they're and they're holding on to something in it that says. There is a portion for me in this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I also really want to point out that um, Moses ultimately doesn't make this decision. He takes it before the Lord, and the Lord, at, he Come comes on. And speaks on behalf of these sisters, yes, to grant them land. And not only that, he's like, we're we're actually gonna we're gonna lay the groundwork. For all future issues, to I, just settle them out, and come it's going to be codified as it, law.
0: It's a whole word right in that. It's a whole word right in that that Moses brought that case to the Lord. It says, "And the Lord answered him mm-hmm. that the Lord answered him." He, he girl, and that it's going to be codified. And so, Leah, you, looking at interpretation, how does God use? These five women's lives, how does God use Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milka, and Terza? How does God use their lives to his grand narrative?
1: Yeah, we definitely see that God, as he um, defends the cause of these sisters, Mm -hmm. we see that he is on the edge of his seat to be faithful to all people, not just who the culture prioritizes. And when I say the culture, I'm talking about if you look back at numbers, almost every other name on that list. Uh-huh. Men, male, male, yeah. sons, yeah. sons, yeah. men, male, right? Mm-hmm. So there's not a, a consideration, mm-hmm. I would say for the plight of the women in the midst. Now, Now, I will say that it was a part of God's law that each one of those men, male brothers, you know, husbands and all that were responsible mm-hmm. to take care of the women that were in their midst. But when it's talking about like, where is where is God seeing and drawing out and, and pouring out his faithfulness? He's like, listen, if you need my faithfulness, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, I'm showing up and I'm pouring it out to you. I'm pouring it out. And it shadows the, the promise and the inheritance for New Testament believers. Come on. And if you think about it, Joel shadows that too when he says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, men and women, Mm -hmm. brothers and sisters, sons and daughters. Come on. Come on. Is a promise that the spiritual inheritance will be for not just your sons, but for your daughters as well. Mm. And praise God, because we daughters here on the mic. We are daughters. The inheritance has been portioned for us by God. For, for what is our eternal inheritance. Not just our land, right? Not just the promised land that they were looking forward to crossing into mm-hmm. because of freedom and flourishing and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. But an everlasting inheritance, mm-hmm. one that cannot be cut off.
0: Hey ladies, have you heard of the Urban Woman Club yet? The Urban Woman Club is an online giving club through the Urban Christian Woman designed to plan for the long-term reach of more urban women, restoring them with God's truth for everyday life. This community aligns with our needs. And while we're grateful for annual donations, we invite you to consider becoming a monthly committed partner at one of the levels and embark with us on a lasting journey. Your monthly support starting even at a base level of $7 can consistently transform lives. Plus, by becoming a monthly partner, you're not just supporting a cause by seeking restoration in urban women's lives. You're joining a community that gives back to you and to other women in urban contexts. Our monthly partners will enjoy exclusive perks, including a free monthly downloadable phone background, and you can elevate your tech with a touch of encouragement, specially crafted just for you. You can go to the click on monthly giving and find more about the Urban Woman Club. The promise the, the faithfulness of God to his people mm-hmm. to not show partiality, mm-hmm. but to prioritize what he saw in Genesis, right? To uh be faithful co-laborers and to provide a promise in Genesis 12 Mm -hmm. uh, through Abram and that that promise is for sons and daughters. And we're going to go into that in Galatians. And then we see that played out over and over again in scripture. And then we see these women as interceders and precedent setters. Mm -hmm. Talk about it. Oh my goodness! These women are interceders in such a way that they do not—they understand the importance of a name, mm-hmm. and and for us, we sort of don't put a lot of weight in our culture towards names, you know. But in Scripture, mm-hmm. a name is really important because it is the way in which the promise is is grasped mm-hmm. it is provided through mm-hmm. and so these women are saying what is at stake is our father's name being taken away and so out of their own courage they choose to intercede to go to go before and intercede and engage Um, this issue in such a way that it sets a precedent. It sets a precedent, not just for them, but it sets a precedent for uh, for the future and for other women who will find themselves in this same Mm -hmm. space. So we see them as interceders, precedent setters. Leo, what else do we sort of see in regards to how God
1: uses their lives in his grand narrative? Well, I think when we circle back to what we were talking about, about them um, eagerly pursuing an inheritance that they haven't yet seen, mm-hmm. um, I think that this ultimately traces how we see an inheritance is both the shadow now and mm-hmm. the fulfillment, right? It's a shadow of what will be fulfilled. I should say that, right? Mm-hmm. That that ultimately, when we look at what we have stepped into as modern day believers, right? And Testament believers mm-hmm. having the, the, um, the testimony of Christ, we see that we have a inheritance. Mm-hmm. As believers, we have a future inheritance. Mm-hmm. And what God promises us is he says that future, I'm going to bring you into that future, but I'm going to bring that future to you now mm-hmm. because of the Holy Spirit. And we should go to Ephesians um, where we were talking about specifically this very thing right mm-hmm. that that because the holy spirit has been given to all believers he is a guarantee a deposit for the inheritance that is to come let's read it so ephesians 1 starting in 13 in him you also when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and when you also believed were sealed in him with the promised holy spirit he is the down payment for our inheritance until the redemption of the possession, to the praise of his glory. Mm -hmm. So when we think about that, we think about the spirit in us is a guarantee of our inheritance until we possess it. Mm -hmm. Now, what's also amazing and mind-blowing as we were studying this, you think about the Holy Spirit is not just sitting in you at the bottom of the jar, Mm -hmm. waiting for us to go see Jesus face to face Mm -hmm. in glory. Mm -hmm. When the spirit is stirred up, Mm-hmm. The future, pro- the future glory is actually stirred up in our lives right now. Yeah. So when the spirit is stirred up, we have what is promised to us in eternity, which is unfiltered joy, mm-hmm. which is unfiltered peace, mm-hmm. which is holy patience, yes, like, which is fulfilled love. Like mm-hmm. we have these the way that the spirit is actually working in our lives and yeah. working out. Mm-hmm. We actually see a future now as we wait for God to bring us to the future that he has promised us. Yes. And to me, I'm like, that's my word for the rest of the week. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because it's so powerful. So when we think of the testimony of these women, of these mm-hmm. sisters, we're, th- we're looking at women who believed so much in the in the future mm-hmm. in getting to the future that they mm-hmm. asked for a promise of it now yeah yeah and that we can learn from and believe yeah. as women today
0: yeah 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 they, they understood that there was a hope that would not would not fade would not fade. And so we see almost like in God's grand narrative this story of scripture, God's faithfulness towards the people um and particularly towards sons and daughters mm-hmm. for this promised inheritance. We see these women operating Uh, courageously, humbly, and boldly um, to be interceders Mm -hmm. and precedent setters. And even as um, we're talking about this, Leah, I want to jump back to that because these women are giving us a foreshadow as they went in on behalf that is what Christ did for us. Yeah. He was our mediator. Mm-hmm. He was the one who was our advocate, right? Mm-hmm. Who went in for us, who who went to the cross for us mm-hmm. so that we could experience and, and embody not just salvation, yeah. but the promised inheritance yes. that God faithfully orchestrated. And because of that, now we've got, the presence of Christ that you are talking about that gives us everyday power Mm -hmm. through the security and the resurrection and the ascension of Christ. Mm -hmm. Girl, that's a whole, that's a whole hallelujah. It's a whole hallelujah. (laughs) You know, when I read this, I was like, wait a minute. The daughters of Zelophehad are, are, Ooh, they 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 shepherd in us. Um, and so, what can we embody from the daughter of Zalafaad's story mm-hmm. today, as we look towards application? What can we embody from them as a
1: promise, Leah? Yeah, I love this. This is the part I love about the shiros that we're talking about a promise and a practice. That's how mm-hmm. we think through how to apply what we have, what we've read, and what we glean from their stories. Yes. So when we think about a promise, I i mean, what we talked about already. Is I'm shaking my head because I'm like, yes, Christ is our sure inheritance. Mm. That's our promise. Is Our promise is that Christ is ultimately our inheritance. And now when we look at the story, they were looking for a land. They were yeah. looking towards a land. Mm-hmm. But that land was always meant to be a shadow. That's right. Not the, not the end all be all. It's not. And so, for us, when we see that Christ came, died, resurrected, ascended to the right hand of the Father, we know that. that and left us his spirit. And gave us his Holy Spirit as a guarantee. As a no guarantee, as we read it in Ephesians. Come on. Girl, <laughs> we know that nothing can displace that inheritance. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Right? The yes, people. Ma'am. The people well, girl, this is so crazy. This just hit me right now. Hit it. The people who went into the promised land uh-huh. ultimately were dispossessed from it in exile. And some of them never returned. And listen. Some of them did, but some of them never returned. Never returned. And so it's more than a land in Christ. Mm-hmm. It's something that we can never be dispossessed from. Woo,
0: glory. Praise God. Praise God. Glor- did you hear me? I said glory. And everything that he gives us, Cool. It could never be displaced. It can never be displaced. Sorry about it. And can I just drop this in because there are implications towards the fact of yeah, that it. promise never being displaced because everything that it cannot be displaced Is also just as sure. So the fruit of the spirit that he's giving you, honey, that can't be displaced. His peace cannot be displaced. His joy cannot be displaced. His self control cannot be displaced. Long suffering cannot be displaced because it is a
1: sure Mm -hmm. inheritance. Mm -hmm. Preaching now. So if that is, y'all better be encouraged. Be encouraged. Christ
0: is our sure inheritance and nothing can displace that him, him, nor his promises Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what he gives us as our inheritance Mm -hmm. for the now and the not yet.
1: And immediately connected to that is the fact that he is our name. (laughs) We are, we have a church. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes. The name of Christ, which overarches us, is so significant and it's so inextricably tied to our inheritance. Just like the daughters were like, listen, we didn't want our father's name to be displaced from the clan. Come on. Okay. And in Christ, our names will never be displaced, never be displaced from the. From the priest, from the holy priesthood. Yes. Because of who he is over us. And so mm. to me, I'm like the the significance of who God calls us as daughters. And that name is like, it, it, is, it is inextricably connected in Christ and mm-hmm. it
0: cannot be taken away. Which is so dope to be, because we can rest in that too, because Hebrews... Yeah gives us a foreshadow of those names having significance Mm -hmm. and are connected to the inheritance Mm -hmm. and they will never be displaced. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of the Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you
1: waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com.
0: How do we cling to this better narrative in our yeah, lives? Yeah, so we w- talked about the promise. Talk to us about the practice. Yeah, man. I think on a practical, tangible level is that as women, we have to live in light of the inheritance. We have to live like we know it is true. And that's not a false statement living, it is in real-time moments when I am tempted to not believe that what Christ accomplished uh, is—when I'm tempted to believe that what Christ has accomplished is not sufficient, I go back and I remind myself of the story of these women— Of the story of our brothers and our sisters who have gone before us and say, no, Christ has accomplished that. He is our sure inheritance and nothing can displace it. And so in this moment, how am I being called to live in light of my inheritance?
1: Mm, That's good.
0: How am I being invited by the Spirit to live in light of my inheritance? Though I may be feeling heavy on today, though I may be feeling discouraged, though I may be feeling uh, uh, discombobulated or distracted or deterred or or angered, or mm-hmm. y- y- you understand what I'm saying? It, we can we can rest assured of our inheritance, and because of that promise, we bring it into our now, and we say, Holy Spirit. Help me to live in light of that inheritance. Yes. Help me to remind myself of of what is true. And then secondly, I would say that as a practice, that there is a gift of being a woman in covenantal community. Mm -hmm. And it is a privilege of bringing who we are as women to our brothers, that they might not have seen otherwise as the daughters of had did because it's coming from a woman's perspective. Yeah. Think about this. In 26, it's just pages of dudes. <laughs> and the Lord was like, it is not good for man to be alone. Let me drop this one-liner with these daughters. <laughs> Who ain't got nobody, no, no, no brother to hold the fort
1: down because they weren't thinking about it. it was they just weren't thinking outside of their perspective. Come on, just enough outside of the status quo. Yes, in a in a mainly male run society. Yes, that they weren't thinking about it, and maybe yes. it wasn't out of complete malice, but it just is what it is. It just right? is because what it is. Limited. and so I think that that's a really good practical piece of sisters wherever you are in covenantal community. God has given you a unique perspective as a woman to engage co-laboring with your brothers and to bring things to light, to bring matters of being a woman, like to bring those things to light as you co journey together because it's just outside of their perspective. Mm -hmm. And the blessing of being a woman in community with men and women is that we can have those dialogues about sharing up uh, flourishing with them, mm-hmm. right? There's a way specifically that these sisters were looking at a potential of not flourishing. Yes. And because they brought it, God, God advocated on their behalf for yeah. their flourishing. And so- that would that would be a very practical thing. It's very like, practical. How do we seek flourishing together yes. as brothers and sisters by just bringing our perspective? Yes,
0: and that and uh, Leah, to be completely honest with you, I think there's another layer here that the spirit is actually calling me to just sort of encourage women with too is how they brought it as well. Mm-hmm. That's right. They were not being defensive. They were being proactive. Yeah. They were not reactive, but they were, were proactive sisters to saying, I know we will not be the only women who do not have a brother as an heir. Mm -hmm. And we love our father enough, even though he died because of his own sin. Come on now. Mm -hmm. We still want to honor him by preserving his name. And so I, I think in the midst of pursuing that that flourishing with our brothers and sisters and covenantal, co- our, our brothers and covenantal community. We have to say, are are we being proactive versus reactive women? These women experienced humility. They, they, they were pursuing it through humility, right. through boldness mm-hmm. and through courage. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a tutor for, for us as we are in a culture that has, um, as things have been being illuminated um, in our culture, the abuse of power, you cannot go a day without hearing a story of about abuse of power mm-hmm. from a man. I haven't heard from any women having abuse of power, even though because the world is sinful, I'm sure that it's coming at some point. But what I am saying is that, God calls us to be proactive mm-hmm. and to say, hey, this is a this may be a blind spot. Maybe we can look at it from this vantage point. I love it. It's a blessing
1: to be a sister.
0: It is. It is, lady. So in light of that, listen, we want to thank God for these five sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, thank God for these particular women and how they are going to be used in our lives. And then that our hearts would be set towards... Uh, that true and good narrative of uh, what they embody. Leah, will you pray for us?
1: Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness through the story and the, t- and the preserved testimony of these Sisters, mm-hmm. thank you that when we look at their stories, we see your faithfulness to preserve an inheritance for us as daughters. Yes, Lord. Thank you that when we look at their story, we see an encouragement and an exhortation towards humble advocacy, towards a uh, a life as an intercessor in what is right and true before you. Thank mm-hmm. you that for the courage that they exhibit, and would we, God, as your daughters, embody that same courage? That same faith, that same rootedness, trusting in the promise. I think so much of of, uh, your word in Hebrews that says they trusted Mm -hmm. in the promise of Christ more than their eyes could see. And so thank you for these women who trusted in the promise of what was not yet seen even more than the tribes and the clans and the lack of an heir and the lack of us more than what they're Yes. Mm. Would we posture ourselves as women in that same way, Mm. trusting in you as you bring the future to us and empower us by your Holy Spirit until we see you face to face Mm. in that glorious future. Mm. We thank you and we praise you for that power and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day, ladies.